What's gonna happen tonight? What's gonna happen? We're gonna whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast alongside Ben McKee. This is Wes Rucker coming to you from Orlando, Florida, where Tennessee, here in just a few hours, will take on Duke for in the NCAA tournament. In the second round, round of 32, whichever one you would like to refer to it as, it's a little bit confusing these days with that field of 68. Um, but what we do know is that uh, two will enter, one will leave Amway Arena on Saturday. Uh, the winner will go home for just a little bit and then fly up to New York, uh, Madison Square Garden for the Sweet 16, and the loser season will be over. Ben, it, it's been a an interesting season for Tennessee. There's been uh, some, some high highs. There's been some low lows. There's been a lot of frustration, a lot of injuries, a lot of inconsistencies, a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, But what we know right now is that Tennessee still has a chance to get to the sweet 16. It just has to beat one of uh, arguably the hottest teams in college basketball right now to do that. It is a challenge, um, but that's what you get in this tournament there. There's, uh, it's a big, big challenge, but with the big opportunity and Tennessee has a chance to go on to the Sweet 16. They do, and and we're recording this on, I guess it's Friday night. I, I think I said this the other night on the podcast, but uh, I, I don't know what day it is these days <laughs> since, I, since I, I left for Nashville last Wednesday to, to watch Tennessee practice at Tennessee State and uh, watch their shoot-around at Bridgestone Arena before the SEC tournament. It's just been... Non, non-stop, uh, a baseball doubleheader in there uh, after Tennessee did lose in the SEC tournament and uh, driving down here, it's it's just been nonstop. So I don't really know what day it is, but I think it was uh, on. I, th- I think tonight is Thursday night or Friday night. Is see, I can't even say it correctly, but tonight is Friday night, and uh, I bring that up because we just watched Memphis lose to FAU at the buzzer and and FAU is a very good basketball team I'm not trying to say it's not when I say what I'm about to say if if Tennessee were to play FAU in the Sweet 16 next week uh, that that would be a tough matchup uh, for for Tennessee people have been hyping up FAU for quite some time now they're they're kind of the the non-power six that that has been talked about the most this season uh, very similar to, to last year's UTC team or the ETSU team uh, that didn't get a chance to play in the tournament and, and I think would have done serious damage in the tournament had COVID not canceled that 2021, whatever it was, 2020 uh, tournament. But uh, anyways, Memphis upset by FAU. I, I don't know that it's an upset. It was an 8-9 game. I think both teams were pretty equally matched, two good basketball teams, but uh, not a traditional blue blood. It, it's not – it's not the Duke that Tennessee is going to be playing in the round of 32. Uh, and then on the other side of that, Fairleigh Dickinson, FDU, uh, comes out of nowhere, wins one of the first four in games, 16-16 seed matchup, and then becomes the second 16. And shouldn't have even been in this tournament. Yes. I don't know what which school did not qualify. Merrimack. Uh, they they were ineligible for I'm assuming recruiting violations or something no, along no, change conference D1 okay so they're up from D2 to D1 and and that's how Fairleigh Dickinson gets into the NCAA tournament wins the play-in game and then upsets Purdue which I I'm not surprised Purdue lost early because they don't really have a ton outside of Zach Eady and they haven't played well the second half of the season but to lose to Fairleigh Dickinson I mean obviously the the stats speak for themselves the second 16 seed ever to to beat a a one seed the path right there is for Tennessee that that's what I'm getting to uh but standing in its way if it's deja vu all over again it it feels like last season last NCAA tournament all over again where that you see a path to the elite eight you see a path to the elite eight if Tennessee can get past Duke on on Saturday afternoon, and uh, we'll, we'll touch on the Louisiana game here in a moment, but big picture, I mean, it's if they can just find a way to get past Duke, and and again, it feels like deja vu. It feels like last season, and, and this Duke team, 
accomplished more than last year's Michigan team. But last year's Michigan team that Tennessee lost to in this round was was a team that was hyped up going into the season. You knew it had a ton of talent. It just hadn't quite pieced the puzzle puzzle pieces together. And it finally did so at the end of the year. Uh, and that's kind of what this Duke team has. And again, like I just said, they, this Duke team has accomplished more. But I, I don't know that they were as good right from the jump as people thought they were going to be. In fact, that's a fact. That's that's not even an opinion. I mean, they, they were not what people projected them to be when the season started. And they've kind of gotten better. And they, they're playing their best basketball at, at the right time, just like that Michigan team last year. So if, they, if Tennessee can just find a way – to, to get past Duke on, on Saturday, which I know everybody and their mother, everybody outside of the Tennessee locker room is going to be picking Duke to win, and, and probably rightfully so. That doesn't mean that Tennessee doesn't have a chance to win this basketball game tomorrow, Wes. No, I agree with you, and I also uh, I also feel you on the uh, on the kind of tired and everything running together angle. There was uh, had a had a. Uh, been FaceTiming with obviously with my wife this week and because uh, she's back in Knoxville with, with our son and uh, she 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 uh, asked me she's like are you okay you sound kind of sad and I was like I'm not sad I, I'm tired there's a difference everything is good I'm just really tired it's that time of year right we have the best jobs in the world uh, but there are times of the year where there's a lot of things going together and my god spring football starts here in about less than a week so uh, it's about to get even crazier um, but this is what you live for this is what we why we do what we do it's fun to be a part of things like this and, and I completely agree with almost everything that you just said about this matchup and this opportunity for Tennessee. Um, it's We saw that Duke team take the floor, and we saw that Duke team play Oral Roberts um, on whatever day it was, Thursday night. Uh, and that team has a lot of length. For a college basketball team, that is a – about the most size that you'll see in terms of, of, of height and length in a front court. I mean, that front court goes legitimately six foot eight, seven foot, seven foot one. There is a every time Oral Roberts would sort of get the ball, and, and Oral Roberts has a seven foot five dude, by the way, uh, uh, Connor Hanover, if you remember him from Arkansas, Vanover, Vanover from Arkansas. And, and he kind of is more of a pick and pop guy. He's not really a traditional kind of big man, um, but, but there's some length on that team too. Um, but every time the ball would kind of get into the paint, and it looked like there was a lane to go shoot, one of those guys from Duke would go erase it, right? Shots out in the perimeter were being affected, being impacted. Duke is playing very, very well right now. And it is interesting that just like Michigan last season, a team that there just had so many expectations – and it didn't quite click, and now it is clicking. Uh, but there are also a lot of questions about this game that I don't know that a lot of people are really thinking about. And, and that's why I think, full stop, I, I think Duke will win the basketball game. That is my sort of unofficial prediction here. It's just hard to deny that Duke looks like it's playing much better basketball than Tennessee right now. And that has as much to do with Tennessee not doing the things I think it can do uh, or the things that injuries have prevented it from doing as much or more than it is anything going on with Duke. Um, but I think it's really, really, really interesting that the ACC is absolutely not a beast right now. Uh, this has not been a typical sort of ACC type of season. Uh, some teams, uh, some programs in that league that are normally in this tournament, ergo North Carolina, uh, are, are not. Virginia with an early exit, right? Not been a, a great showing so far for the ACC. Uh, Pitt's been doing some nice things. That's undeniable. Uh, coming from the first four, kind of getting that bounce in, beating State at the end there, doing some good stuff. NC State loses. Yeah, Miami sort of won almost because Drake fell apart down the stretch as much as anything else. Yeah, it was. I think Drake, with no offense to Miami, I think Drake lost that game more than Miami won it. Um, but my point is, I, I think when you look at what the SEC has done so far, 
And I do think it's possible that the SEC has a whole lot of potential, like Sweet 16 teams, and maybe only Alabama's really a national championship contender, perhaps. Uh, Texas A&M certainly having the opener that it did in this tournament. Not a great look for the league when, when A&M did so well in conference play. But the SEC has been a significantly better league than the ACC this season. So I think that probably should mitigate some of what Duke has done recently. I mean, Duke, even a few weeks ago, was sort of getting housed by a Miami team. A couple of questionable losses throughout the season. Not like Tennessee doesn't have any. But I think that that's one thing. And the other thing, really, it's sort of two things in one. And I wrote a column about this today, Ben. But I, I think... There's a lot of length on that Duke team. There is a lot of muscle mass on that Tennessee team. And you get that whole matchup of really long and lean guys versus a couple of, and a lot of freshmen, and a lot of freshmen versus a lot of big, strong, physical men that Tennessee has. If this turns into like a a kind of a, a, a catwalk, you know, kind of game, if this turns into like a beauty pageant, Duke's going to win this thing. If this, if this comes down to a matter of basketball skill, uh, Duke's going to win this thing. If it comes down to a pure fist fight and the officials let these guys play and it's kind of a barroom brawl, Tennessee's got a chance in this game. And the last thing I'll say about that, Ben, before we move on and I give the microphone back to you as we have one microphone here, it is... I think one thing that we've lost about this Tennessee team this season, or that, or that doesn't get mentioned a lot, there have been a lot of guys in and out of the lineup all season long. There's been injuries. There's been a lot of uh, erratic play, some disappointing games uh, against teams that you really feel like you should beat. But the very best teams on Tennessee's schedule, Tennessee has come to play in every single one of those games. There are, what, Tennessee has played four one or two seeds in this tournament, three and one in those games. The one loss was in a true road game in a really hostile environment in a game where a really bad whistle and some 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 bad luck, if we're calling it what it is against Arizona, were, were the difference in that game. Now, Zakai Ziegler played in those games, but Josiah Jordan-James wasn't in some of those games. There were missing pieces for Tennessee in some of those games. When Tennessee has had to play the best teams on this schedule – it has come to play. So I think regardless of what happened against Louisiana, and we'll talk about that in the second segment, obviously, I'm not convinced. I don't think Tennessee is going to be intimidated by playing Duke. I don't think Tennessee is going to be phased by playing Duke. And I think they're going to look at this really young team and think, you know what, let's have a go at these kids. Let's get physical with them and let's see how they respond. I don't know how it's going to go, but I I, I do not think – that the the young men in orange are going to be rattled going into this game. No, they won't be because they haven't been rattled in any game this season. I think the the two games that Tennessee has misplayed this year when it comes to a mentality is the Colorado loss and the Kentucky loss. Uh, ju- the Kentucky loss, really both Kentucky losses – uh, I mentioned that on the podcast after the loss at Rupp Arena. I just didn't think Tennessee showed up with the the necessary amount of fight. I, I didn't think they were locked in enough. Jemai Meshack was the only player that showed up in the first half at, at Rupp Arena, uh, and then Santi was able to kind of get it going there in, in the second half. But uh, to go back to my point, more so referencing the first game um, because Tennessee – yeah, I don't think that they necessarily showed up with the right mentality. They also didn't play well at Rupp Arena. But in that first game, I don't think that they lost to Kentucky on Chris Lofton Day in Knoxville because they they didn't play well. Yes, technically, they didn't make shots and they got out-rebounded and whatnot, out-physicaled. But I thought that they missed shots and were out-physicaled and got out-rebounded or – uh, didn't do its usual damage on the glass because of its mentality. So that Colorado loss and the home loss to Kentucky are really the only two games this year, in my opinion, in, in which the mentality hasn't been what it needed to be for uh, the the course of, of 60 minutes. And again, I, if, if I'm going to say what I did about Rupp Arena, I, I guess you, you should throw that in there as well. But um, I, I just... 
they, they underestimated Colorado. They underestimated Kentucky at home in Knoxville. Colorado had just lost to what team had they just lost to? They, they Alabama State or or, or uh, it, Grambling. That's that that's that that's who it, they had just lost to. And I think Tennessee was reading the press clippings and then saw that Colorado had lost to Grambling and knew or not they they did not know because it didn't work out in that that way but they thought they could show up and put on their Tennessee jerseys and roll the basketball out there and they were they were automatically going to win because of that and that obviously wasn't the case Tennessee jumps out to a lead and I think they took their foot off the gas because they were reading the press clippings because uh, Colorado was perceived as a bad basketball team because they had just lost to Grambling and, and that bit them in the butt and then the same thing in my opinion happened against Kentucky at home on Chris Lofton Day remember that's when Kentucky was struggling they were on the struggle bus they looked like an awful basketball team they, they looked so terrible yes NIT team at best as Wes says I, they they just looked awful in the month of December and early January, and I think Tennessee, Chris Lofton Day, it's home. Kentucky's been terrible. We can show up in our nice Tennessee uniforms, roll the ball out there in front of our home crowd, and we'll beat them by 20, especially after they jumped out to a quick 8-2 lead, 8-0 lead, 10-0 lead. They, they jumped out to a quick, pretty decisive lead, and then that first media timeout, I think they took the foot off the gas. I, I think that's why they lost that basketball game, because they took their foot off the gas. But I don't at all expect them to do that against Duke. Uh, and I'm more so getting to the point that you brought up. I don't think they're going to be phased by, by playing Duke. You, you asked Rick about this uh, yesterday, technically, as we're recording this after midnight. Uh, you asked him this on, on Friday uh, in the afternoon when he met with the media prior to Duke. To, to preview the the Blue Devils, and I thought it was a great question uh, because I do think there are a lot of teams out there who would be intimidated by Duke across the front of Duke's jersey, in March especially. especially in March. And I, I think Tennessee had a nice contingent of, of Vol fans in, in attendance the other day, but and I'm sure they'll have another nice contingent tomorrow or later today I guess I should say um, but it's not going to be what Duke fans uh, are going to be and although that's the case I don't at all think that Tennessee is going to be intimidated by the environment by the fact that Duke is across the jersey and I loved Rick's answer when you asked him uh, that question uh, he, he he didn't scoff at your reasoning for asking the question he scoffed at the question but not like scoffed at you if if that makes sense because he 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 1000 percent believes that his team is not going to to fold playing duke in the ncaa tournament and look i'll be honest i i'm, I'm a military brat and for four years my dad was stationed at fort bragg north carolina and that that was when J.J. Redick and Sheldon Williams was, was playing for Duke and, and Tyler Hansborough was playing for North Carolina and Duke and North Carolina. I mean, those two teams going at it kind of at the same time was as good as college basketball uh, gets. And my first ever college basketball game was a North Carolina basketball game. Um, one of my buddies who was a diehard North, North Carolina fan, had tickets, and his family invited me to go to an exhibition um, one year, and I went, and uh, I guess it's the Dean Dome. Uh, I mean, it was just phenomenal. An exhibition sold out. I mean, just tremendous. Uh, so, like, I, I – and I had this a couple of years ago uh, when Tennessee – played in Columbus the year that Grant and Admiral made it to the Sweet 16 and they played in Columbus. They beat Colgate in the opening round. They beat Iowa. North Carolina wasn't on Tennessee's side of the bracket, but North Carolina was at that venue similar to Furman and Virginia and San Diego State and, and whoever San Diego State beat uh, the, the other day, College of, of Charleston. I, that At that year when I saw North Carolina in person because – I mean, obviously, I'm a diehard sports fan, and I'm well aware of college basketball. Like, I had a pinch-me moment. Like, North Carolina basketball in the tournament? Like, this is really freaking cool. And I had that same moment this weekend. Honestly, watching Duke's head basketball coach, and, like, I'm older, so it's different now, right? But, like, just thinking, like, what would 
middle school been because I was in middle school going to North Carolina games and watching North Carolina and Duke and, and living in the state of North Carolina for four years. And I loved J.J. Redick. Uh, because I was playing basketball at the time, and I mean, obviously he shot the lights out of, out of the ball, and I, for whatever reason, I gravitated towards him instead of Tyler Hansborough in, in North Carolina. But like I had a real pinch me moment, like myself, and I'm not even playing in the game. So uh, the point that I'm getting to is, if and I'm obviously not a player, but it's real easy to kind of get caught up in the moment in, in the nostalgia of the NCAA tournament and playing Duke or those big blue bloods in the tournament. Uh, but I don't at all think that's going to be an issue for, for this Tennessee basketball team. A, like you said, Wes, they, they've played so many – I don't know if blue bloods is, is the right phrase, but they've played several teams that are viewed as the, the top of the top in Kansas, Gonzaga, Texas, Arizona, Kentucky – and even within this season, they've played Alabama. They've played all these teams. Why, why would they be intimidated? Josiah Jordan James was recruited by Duke. Jonas Adu grew up in Durham. You know, like why, why would they be intimidated? And, and again, going back to what I loved about Rick's answer, I didn't mean to get long-winded there, but uh, when he said that this program has earned the right to be on the same floor and, and have the same respect and command the the respect that, that this – I know fans, the the small minority, doesn't realize it, but Tennessee basketball is well respected across the country because of what Rick Barnes has, has built. Listen to Bob Marlin, Louisiana's coach. Listen, listen to John Shire. Listen to the opposing coach prior to each game, and they rave about Rick Barnes. And and it, and it's not just coach speak. You you can decipher coach speak and a coach being genuine. Coach speak is kind of keeping it short and dry but these coaches kind of go on and on and on about rick and, and santi and josiah and, and their level of respect for them so they, they have the same amount of respect as as a duke does so and and we're going to talk about this in the second segment because it, it practically nearly doomed them uh, against louisiana in the second half but if they lose this basketball game it's not going to be because it's a pro duke crowd it's not going to be because they're playing duke and and they're intimidated you think urosh plavshik cares about playing Duke uh, you know I kind of talked about me having my pinch myself moments and it being easy for college players to do so you ask the, the the guys who are not from the United States on this team and I asked them I asked Olivier how he grew up watching the NCAA tournament Santi Urosh none of them grew up watching the NCAA tournament none of them grew up watching college basketball like they're not gonna be phased by playing Duke because they don't know what Duke is like you and I know what Duke is to to them it's just another basketball game so if they if they lose later today it's going to be because they didn't execute it's going to be because they didn't make shots like in like <laughs> they nearly blew it against Louisiana in the second half yeah and that, that's something that we need to talk about here in the second segment and we're going to do that but before we do that we're going to step away for just a second pay some bills listen to some product services in-house ads etc and then we'll be right back here on the go balls 24 7 podcast hashtag ad another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. 
Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker and Ben McKee coming to you from Orlando, Florida. I don't know of any other Orlandos out there, uh, but there's definitely an Orlando here in Florida, and that's the one we're in right now. And that is where Tennessee is right now, the Tennessee basketball team in the Vols here in just, I don't know, about 12, 13 hours. will play Duke for a chance to go to the Sweet 16 here next week in Madison Square Garden, the mecca of basketball. There is lots and lots more to discuss, and we'll do that. We'll get right back to it after uh, you listen here to our spiel here for just a second, because it is important. We do this every episode because it is this important. If you are listening to this podcast, please, please, please go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website there, GoVols247.com, the best site on all of the internets, If you're just listening there, that's fine. We love you. There is no wrong way to consume the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love, no complaints. However, since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there and rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends, tell people you see around town, tell people you see at church, tell people you see out playing golf, as a lot of people were doing here in the in the uh, sunny state of Florida today. Tell people that you see uh, walking your dog. Tell people you see out getting lunch or dinner, breakfast, brunch, whatever you're doing. You see anybody wearing orange, tell them about this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Who knows? You might make a new best friend for life. You might meet your new partner for life. You never know. Karma, pay it forward. If you're already doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. And if not... I award you no points... And may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to business. This game for for Tennessee, there are times in a tournament where you have to get through things. And if you can get through things, you will come out better for it. There are also times where you go through something and that's just a part of your problems as a basketball team and it's going to mean that you're not going very much farther in the tournament, right? Let's not assume that every time you kind of have to squeak through an opener when you're really not supposed to, let's not pretend that always uh, pretends uh, success. That doesn't always mean that you're going to go on and have your one shining moment and everything. Sometimes it just means you're not playing very good basketball and you're going to pay for it. However, Uh, We don't know what the end of that Tennessee-Louisiana game meant for Tennessee. And I think a lot of people, the way things have been going for this team right now, they probably will assume that it just means this team is still not playing good basketball right now. I think, um, you know, Pat Ford the other day uh, rated every team that he thought was left in the tournament, and he had Tennessee ranked last. I don't know if that was just him being pat or if that was uh if that was him uh just kind of making a joke because tennessee's been struggling lately regardless are there, 48 teams left in the there are not 48 teams left in it now but right now uh tennessee is not one of the more popular top four seeds in the tournament we can certainly say that much and, and what i mean by that is it might just mean when tennessee goes up by 18 against louisiana and then it ends up being a one-possession game down the stretch, maybe that just means Tennessee's not playing very good basketball right now. That's certainly what a lot of Tennessee fans right now will tell you. That is certainly what a lot of people around the country will tell you. And you know what? They just might be right. However, I think we also need to discuss the possibility, and it is a possibility, that Tennessee getting through something like that could end up being a very good thing for this team. Because Tennessee has not been very good in those one-possession type games all season long. It, it didn't look like it was going to be one the other night. It turned into one. Tennessee did enough to win the game. It was not beautiful. And with this team, it is not going to be beautiful. This team, the way it is constructed right now, with everybody that's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, with the lack of a pure point guard, it is not going to be beautiful. But... Tennessee got pushed up against it. A lot of momentum going the other way. And Tennessee had enough stiff upper lip to go in there and win the game. And sometimes you get something like that, it can really be a boost in the sales. It can really make you feel like you've got a second life. It can make you feel like 
you know what? That was the moment and we got through it. And then maybe they go out there now and there's less pressure on them and they go out there and they do the thing. I don't know which one it's going to be. If I'm being honest, I would be leaning at least 51 49 toward it being, well, this team's just not playing very good basketball right now, but we don't know. We go out there, we watch this game here in a little bit. Maybe Tennessee surprises us. Maybe so. Uh, Now, I agree with everything you just said. I I would just word it from a a different standpoint, and that's that, in a way, Tennessee is playing its final game of the season later this afternoon, in a sense. And at this point, you are what you are. Like I I think at this time of the year, you don't learn lessons. I, I fully recognize and agree and believe that Tennessee is capable of beating Duke by double digits. I, I really believe that. I think Tennessee at its best could beat Duke by double digits. Yes, it's experience, it's physicality. They have guys that have nice-looking shots. They do. They just don't go in for whatever reason. Uh, so, like, if Tennessee won by 10 or 12 tomorrow – Obviously, I'm not picking that, so in a sense, it would surprise me. But on the other hand, it also would not surprise me um, because I, I do think Tennessee has Tennessee has Final Four potential, or, or maybe maybe that's changed since the Zakai injury. And maybe going back to my point of you are kind of what you are at this point in the season. This is a team that's lost seven of the last twelve, seven of the last eleven, something along those lines, and. And a couple of those wins are against a really bad South Carolina team at home. A, a really bad Ole Miss team that has a new head basketball coach at the SEC tournament. And Louisiana, I think, is a good basketball team, but it's not Duke. It's not Missouri. It, it's it's not Alabama or, or one of these other teams. So I, I do think you kind of are what you are at this time of the season. But you'd also be foolish to think that they're not capable of beating Duke. And I'll be completely transparent like my head is telling me duke 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 blue devils blue devils blue devils Wes and i are going home on sunday one way or another and and it's going to be a a week of kind of writing about the future of tennessee's roster and and turning the page about what tennessee needs to accomplish this offseason like like if i had to absolutely make make a pick for the basketball game i i would pick Duke to win I would I mean I guess I'm kind of making my own pick right now but uh, Duke is a better basketball team at at this moment in time but honestly my gut is kind of telling me that Tennessee is going to win this basketball game I I don't know I don't know why I don't know if I ate something today if I had one too many cokes at at dinner if I've spent too much time with you these last couple of days and I'm just flat out losing my mind at, at this point but my gut is is telling me that Tennessee is going to win and I think it's because it doesn't make sense that it does make sense like nobody is picking Tennessee everybody is down and out on this basketball team and because everybody's down and out they'll find a way to win uh and that that's a super vague and <laughs> not not the most intelligent reasoning uh, for a a thought process on a game but I I do think that there's some things that lend in Tennessee's favor uh, or that could lend in Tennessee's favor I I, I think it's uh, an experience factor that could lend in Tennessee's favor Tennessee was in this exact spot a year ago as we mentioned earlier so they kind of know not kind of they do know what to expect and I think that will help them later today I I really really do I I think the experience is is something that Tennessee has and and Duke lacks I, I know Duke made it to I guess final four last year uh, in, in Coach K's final season before they lost to UNC but it's, it's always kind of a young Duke team because of how many five stars and how many freshmen they, they bring in each and every season uh, and, and they kind of seem to have a nice mix this year but I do think Tennessee's experience could give them issues and, and they are very tall they're they're one of the tallest teams in the in the tournament quite the opposite of the Louisiana game and some of those things we talked about with the Louisiana game played out exactly the way we talked about them playing out and how Tennessee size can overwhelm them and it was Jordan Brown or bust for Louisiana there until uh, number four uh, yeah and some of that was on Tennessee going under screens when when it shouldn't have but that that guy kind of came out of nowhere in typical Tennessee fashion and knocked down some Yes, Ryan Klein did, or 
Uh, what's what's the former Florida quarterback that came came out of nowhere a couple of years ago? Uh, Trayon. I'm blanking on his last name. Forgive me. Yeah, Trayon Harris. It, it was one of those Tennessee type of moments, but uh, I, I think Tennessee's experience can can help. Uh, and, and you saw the the physicality really really prevent Louisiana from from getting anything going for for much of that game. And I could see that happening again. Duke is tall. They're not really bulked up they're, they're not the biggest dudes girth wise or width wise or or, or not not, awesome not saying that they're weak but they're not built like tobe awaka or urosh plavshik they're, they're more jonas adu type and that's perfectly fine that's new age basketball quite honestly but i could see that potentially being an issue for them handling tennessee physicality and those players were asked about it today duke's players were and, and they compared tennessee to virginia and kind of a combination of Yes, thank you. A combination of, of Virginia uh, and, and Purdue. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think it's a game that Tennessee can can certainly win. I think fans that are completely out on this team are, are fooling themselves. And quite frankly, I think they're being completely overdramatic. Last time I checked, Tennessee has not lost to Fairleigh Dickinson as a one seed. Tennessee still alive? Still alive. Are all four one seeds still alive? No. No? Oh, weird. By the reaction of the fan base i thought tennessee got put out in the opening round of the nit but weird i i guess they have a chance to make it to madison square garden i hear to to play in the sweet 16 next next thursday so tennessee needs to play well but to think that they don't have a, a chance is is just it's a stupid line of thinking quite frankly well here's what it comes down to to me and, and i think regardless of how this game goes regardless of how this tournament goes. Tennessee could lose to Duke, or Tennessee could go win the next five games win a national championship. At the end of the season, in the offseason, I think it is time for an honest conversation about what people want Tennessee basketball to be and what people want Tennessee basketball to look like. Because the brand of basketball this season um, was one that, Clearly, a lot of fans are just sort of tired of seeing for now. They want to see more excitement. They want to win, of course, uh, and winning can cure just about everything. But I think it's clear, and, and this conversation needs to happen in the offseason, about what people want and expect Tennessee basketball to look like. But right now, you got to go out there and you got to play the game. And what Tennessee can do in this game, Tennessee has a chance in this game. If nothing else, it has to do one thing, and it absolutely has to do this thing. Doing this thing does not guarantee that Tennessee wins the game, but failing to do this thing absolutely guarantees a loss. Tennessee has got to stop being stupid with the basketball. If Tennessee gives up the ball like the way that it has been, then Duke is going to win this game by double digits. Duke will get out and run. Duke will run out and hide. And Tennessee, if you get away from Tennessee right now, it is really hard for Tennessee to kind of fight its way back into a game because it just doesn't score a lot of points in a hurry usually. It's just not usually how it goes. The stuff that we saw in that Louisiana game, some of those turnovers – are the kind that make coaches like makes their hair go gray, makes them go bald, makes them retire, gives them chest pains. This is the stuff of nightmares, what they are doing sometimes offensively. At this point in the season, for any team, but especially for a veteran team, and I realize that the point guard is is not there right now. I I, I understand that. However, there are too many veterans on this basketball team for them to multiple times a game throw passes to someone who's not looking for it. And I don't know if that's the fault of the guy throwing the pass. I don't know if that's the fault of the guy who is receiving the pass and is looking at his next cut instead of looking at where he is and looking back for the ball. We'd have to go back and look at every single one of those things in slow motion and then ask the coaches, okay, in this set, what's this person supposed to do? It's like a quarterback throwing an interception. You can't just always say it's the quarterback. The receiver might have run the wrong route. But regardless, 
there are too many kinks in, in this hose right now. They are doing too many things that are absolutely stupid. And they have to stop doing those things. If they want this season to last even one game longer, they have to stop doing that. They have gone past the point where you can get away with that stuff. That has to stop. It has to stop now. And it doesn't mean that you play timidly. It doesn't mean that you play safe all the time. But you know what? Sometimes just make the simple pass. The guy's looking for the ball, throwing the ball. If you have an easy pass here or a tough pass here, make the easy pass. Do the little things. Do those things right. Because against Louisiana, there was a time where they were shooting more than 50% from the field. They were shooting better than 50% from the field. And they had more turnovers than buckets. That is, they'll go five or six minutes and get like two shots up because they get these turnovers in bunches. And, and I don't know, I asked Rick about this again or yesterday. I asked Rick, you know, point blank, with these stretches that the team's going through, have you looked at as a staff and had meetings or talks about ways to change this? You know, I don't know if that's call a timeout earlier, which a lot of Tennessee fans are begging for. I, I don't know if it's to, you know, and sometimes you make a timeout just to make a substitution that you need to. Sometimes you call a timeout to stop momentum. There's a million ways, reasons why you do and why you don't do it. Rick Barnes doesn't like to use them because he likes to have them for late-game situations to get defenses set up. It's just his coaching mantra, his coaching mentality. That's the way he prefers to do things. That's fine. But when you are having this many dry stretches, you have got to change something because there are times – where three or four or five possessions in a row, they will turn the basketball over. You cannot beat Duke by doing that, Ben. You cannot beat Duke by doing that. And you know what? If you shoot 30% from the field, 35% from the field, but you turn the thing over less than 10 times, you got a chance to win the basketball game. You have a chance. But if you turn it over like 15, 20 times, you're losing this game. You absolutely are. You, you, you can get away with playing the way that they did against Louisiana, against Louisiana. They, they did not really play well uh, <laughs> against the Raging Cajuns on, on Thursday night. Yeah, it's just I. they did. They did. But I, I have a hard time. My mind has a hard time immediately going there because of the turnovers. I mean, it, it is baffling, the, the turnovers that they continue to have. I, it, it just it defies logic for me how there can be so many veterans and those veterans just and it's not just the veterans uh Tobey Awaka had a miscommunication with Josiah Jordan James that appeared to be on Tobey uh not being where he needs to be uh, on the floor there, there were a couple of times where I don't think Jemai Meshack was trying to make a flashy pass per se but I I just think got too confident because he was playing so well, and that that happens. It's, it's like a heat check. That, that's kind of what I, I look at it as. He had a, a pass down the floor. I can't remember to who that he was trying to hit. Uh, yeah, I think it was Kumwa, Olivier Kumwa, um, streaking on a on a steal, I believe, if I remember correctly, or long rebound or something like that. And uh, Jemai tried to make a, a pass that even Ziegler or any point guard would have a difficult time making that pass and and it just flew out of bounds and was way too high but that that to me was almost like a heat check like Jemai's feeling himself he's playing really well and just kind of forgets where he is and in the moment of the game and he's also a young player still he's played a lot of basketball but he's still a sophomore yes I I I've been saying this since early in the season and I am going to toot my own horn he reminds me of Josh Richardson 2.0 that that's what this reminds me of Hashtag West new. Usually it's hashtag Ryan Callahan new, but okay. But we weren't talking about us. We were talking about me and and, and my comments. That's not true. That's not true. You're trying to steal it. Um, but yeah, Jemai. It, it feels like he's having his his Josh Richardson moment. Josh Richardson, man, I, I will never forget his. 
his breakout in in that tournament where Conzo went to the Sweet 16. He he won Tennessee that Iowa game, and he was awesome in, in the next three games, if I remember correctly, uh, against Mercer, even in the Michigan game. And I forget who they opened with after the Iowa game off the top of my head. UMass. UMass, thank you. Um, but Jemai is – man, he is he, – he's playing himself into an NBA player. He is. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a high draft pick or anything like that, but – Late second round and and taking a flyer on a three four year player coming out of college as a two way player and he is I watch a lot of NBA basketball because of my Grizzlies he is exactly what the NBA wants if Grant Williams can consistently knock down open threes in the corner in the NBA I promise you Jemai Meshack can Jemai's jump shot right now is further ahead than Grant's was at, at this time in his career, and in, in, in my opinion. Uh, Jemai gets to showcase it a little more because he's more of a perimeter player, obviously. And sometimes he's the only one confident enough to take the shot right now. Yes, he is very confident in, in taking those shots. But I'm, I'm telling you, Jemai is – and he's doing it on the biggest stage, and the NBA is begging for two-way players like him. He, he's not going to be asked to, to handle the ball the way that he is. Play lockdown defense and go stand in the corner – and, and when your point guard or, or your best offensive player drives to the rim, tries to penetrate, and that defense collapses, and you're left wide open, knock down that shot. Jemai can do that, I'm, I'm telling you. So it's, it's been really cool. And for, for anybody who follows the program closely, you know how awesome of a young man Jemai is. I mean, he is top-notch, as, as good as, uh, as you'll come across. So it's been really cool to, to see that. Uh, so he, he just got his skis a little too far out in front of him on a couple of those passes. But the turnovers, they, they just cannot continue to happen. It, 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 they're middle school level mistakes. We talked about this with the baseball team, and, and we've kind of mentioned this in, in the past. And somebody did – I tweeted out that Tennessee was turning it over like middle schoolers when you just throw it out of bounds because you don't communicate. Or Rick said they're tripping over their own feet and not running the right play that's called. That's middle school level mistakes. And, and somebody, again, did tweet at me and say that – you, you must not have watched middle school basketball recently, and I will admit I have not watched middle school basketball <laughs> recently. I, I have not subjected myself to that, nor do I Torture. plan to until uh, my son or future children are old enough to play middle school basketball if they choose to play middle school basketball. Um, but again, I, the, the, it just, you can't – some of these mistakes are just mind-blowing. You can get away with it against Louisiana – uh, I, I thought Santi kind of ran into some bad luck. I, I know you feel differently about his two fouls that got him uh, in, in, in foul trouble. He does, but I, I I don't have a problem with him trying to draw a charge for his first foul of the game. Obviously, if he already has two in the first half or three or four in the second half, like don't do that. I agree with you there. But it, it's early in the game trying to draw a charge. I, I feel what you're saying. I just – I'm also – like, I don't mind it per se. And then also the the second one, he was boxing out. It was right in front of you and I. And I know he turned around and yelled at Pat Adams, hey, I'm boxing out. I'm just boxing out. That's what he was doing. He was literally standing, stuck his butt out to box out. And, and it wasn't the butt out, the stick in the butt out that Urosh does to bump somebody off course or stick in the butt out that you typically see when, when a foul is called to divert a player from their route. It was the type of sticking your butt out to box out. That's what he was doing, and, and the other player was bigger than him and jumped, and it looked funky because of that. It wasn't a foul. So I feel you, and hopefully for Tennessee's sake, that is a fluke that he was in foul trouble. Uh, and, and I do think it says a lot that they were still able to win despite the turnovers and despite Santi being in foul trouble, despite Josiah having a poor shooting night. But they, those three things that I just mentioned, Santi has to have a good game. Josiah has to shoot well. I don't mean to put all the pressure on Josiah, but the, the numbers don't lie at this point. They win when he shoots the ball well. When he doesn't shoot the ball well, they don't win. They, they did against Louisiana, scored seven points, but didn't get to his 10, and they nearly had an all-time collapse to where I think Knoxville would still be burning right now if they lose that basketball game. So Josiah has to shoot well. Santi has to play well, and they can't continue to turn the basketball over the way that they have been. And again, at this point, I kind of think they are what they are. I don't see how they just flip the switch with something like that. 
especially when it could be their last game of the season. I've, I've said it a bunch. You are what you are at this time of the year. But if, if they turn the basketball over like they did against Louisiana, they, they will lose uh, later this afternoon. My last point uh, is, is the first part of my plea was to stop turning the basketball over. The second part of my plea is because you're probably still going to turn the basketball over too much because that's what you do as a team. When you have a good look early in the shot clock, go ahead and take the shot because it seems like there are so many times in just about every game this season where Tennessee will turn down what is a pretty good look early in the shot clock and then they will never get a look that good for the rest of the shot clock. They'll turn the ball over. They'll force something up to beat the clock. If you have a good look early in the shot clock, you need to take that shot. Uh, and Rick Barnes said this about Jonas Adu. Uh, he said this multiple times recently. I would say it goes to a lot of other guys on the team. We know that just about any time Santiago Vescovi has a clean look, shots going up, right? We know that. There are other guys on this team, though, that will turn down pretty decent looks, and they cannot keep doing that because the way they're going right now without a pure point guard, without um, a tremendous amount of, of offensive confidence in some ways, you have got to put the shot up when it's there. And then you know what? Go, go crash the glass. Maybe you can go get buckets that way. They've done that before, too. So it, it, it's if a season ends – because you keep doing something that looks like it would be fairly simple to prevent. Those are the ones that probably stick with you forever. Those are the ones that give you nightmares all off season. And then you're, you'll still be in your thirties and forties looking back on and going, Oh, why did we do that? Don't have those moments. Go out there, play the game, play hard, do the things you do. Well, avoid the really, really dumb pitfalls. Those are the things that are, fairly fairly you would think easily preventable um but have been hard for this team to prevent so there it is we we've got we, we said we were going to do a preview podcast for this game we definitely did one it's probably just a couple hours later than we wanted to get it out but but that's life these past couple weeks that's the way things are going that's it's that time of year it's kind of hectic we're doing what we can uh, as soon as we can do it and we'll have another podcast after the game uh tomorrow we'll, we'll definitely have one there and then uh if tennessee loses to duke we will have a um we will have a post-mortem uh there later next week and we will talk about some of the things that we need to talk about in this offseason whenever it comes but ben do you have one more point I did, and I just wanted to encourage those who were able to catch this before tip-off. I'm going to throw a little positivity your way and say that you should soak in the moment and enjoy this moment. I know that this basketball team has been very frustrating at times, and I do think although some, some, a very, very small minority, may go over the top with their criticism, uh, I, I do recognize and understand why this team has been very frustrating uh, to watch this season. They, they've been frustrating for us <laughs> to watch and, and cover uh, the, this season because we all see the, the potential of this team and, and maybe the ultimate potential has changed with Zakai Ziegler's injury. But the, the glass half full approach is what should be taken into this afternoon's game if now if they show up and don't show up in the game and they get blown out and look disinterested for whatever reason or just lose because they commit 27 million stupid turnovers then like okay the reaction is going to be very fair but we said it the other night fifth tournament in five years whole lot of teams would love to be in in Tennessee's place uh Tennessee hasn't lost to Fairley Dickinson. Tennessee hasn't been upset by Furman. Didn't just win its first NCAA tournament game since 2019, which Kentucky did. Yes, Kentucky did win its first NCAA tournament game since 2019, and and that's crazy. Missouri just won their first as an SEC team, and and first in 13 years. And it is absolutely fair to want more in in, in this time of year. Uh, it, it still baffles me that, you know, Tennessee basketball program has been actually pretty good 
over the course of history, and, and it baffles me that they haven't made a Final Four yet, only one Elite Eight, and, and I'm not trying to give a participation trophy. I'm not trying to give a pass for Rick Barnes. I just don't think people realize just how hard it is to win in the NCAA tournament. And, again, if Tennessee loses tomorrow because it, they turn it over a million times or for some reason, this won't happen. But if they looked disinterested or something along those lines is, is the reason they, they lose, then, okay, let, let's have that conversation. But it is very possible that Tennessee plays its A game, Duke plays its A game, and Duke wins because it made a buzzer beater. And, like, I'm sorry. Like, are, are we going to sit here and criticize the entire program and, and say that somebody needs to be fired because both teams played their A game? And, and, and I, yes, but I'm and, – and I realize that the majority will, I, I think, have the same approach that I'm speaking to. Like, are you really going to want to fire Rick Barnes if, if Duke hits a game winner when both teams just played a great basketball game? So – Enjoy the moment is the point that I'm getting to. Enjoy the moment. You're playing the Duke Blue Devils. I don't care that Coach K isn't on the sideline. They don't necessarily have one of those J.J. Reddicks or Zion Williamsons or Grant Hills. They don't. I'm not saying they don't have good players, but they don't have. Like typically, you see a, a face of college basketball type of player on Duke, and, and they seem to be lacking that. That doesn't mean they're a bad team. I'm not saying that. It's just they they don't have the face of of Duke basketball. They have like a whole team, which I think is perfectly fine. I kind of like that. But um, like you're playing Duke with a chance to go to Madison Square Garden to play in the tenth ever Sweet Sixteen in program history. So enjoy it. It should be a good basketball game. I think Tennessee has a chance to win. It's just you got to limit the turnovers. If they play defense the way they've been playing, they, they find a way to limit the turnovers uh, and, and shoot the, the ball fairly well. Like if, if this Tennessee basketball team catches fire from the field, West, they'll be playing in the Sweet 16. It is possible. It is certainly possible. And, uh, again, yeah, don't uh, – don't, don't, uh, don't catch yourself sort of letting times like this pass you by because it toward the tail end of the Philip Fulmer era in football, people were just so frustrated. And then, boy, it got a lot worse for a while before it got better. So uh, do not ever uh, take things like this for granted. Don't take for granted playing in this round of the tournament uh, and having an opportunity like this in front of you. It does make it more painful when you lose, but you know what? Uh, that's that's that sports that sports and we will have more sports for you we will have more sports to discuss after that game uh, that we're about to cover here in just a little bit we'll have more from that game after that game win lose or draw and then if Tennessee does lose that game we will have sort of a post-mortem next week and talk about some uh, I don't want to say uncomfortable but uh potentially uncomfortable conversations that, that we'll need to have about what Tennessee needs to do going forward, et cetera. Um, but you know what? We, we might be able to delay those conversations for a while if Tennessee takes care of business against Duke. So for Ben McKee, I'm Wes Rucker, and we will, uh, we will see y'all here in, I guess, just a, just, just a few hours. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say, Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want 
that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.